This is the KOTO Community Radio News for Monday, November 27th. I'm Julia Caulfield. In today's headlines, Telski announces opening day. G is for government previews town council. Telluride checks deed restriction compliance and a mountain weather forecast. But first, Norwood lost a member of its community last week. Edward Wells passed away on Thanksgiving Day after he was found collapsed in his home by his brother. He was 62 years old. According to the San Miguel County Coroner's Office, Norwood EMS responded and initiated care when Wells's condition turned worse and his heart stopped. Life-saving measures continued for over 20 minutes but were unsuccessful. The case is under investigation. Crippen Funeral Home will attend to services. Wells is survived by his father, Emerson, his brother, Eric, and his wife, Brawny. The Telluride Ski Resort will open on Saturday, December 2nd for the 2023-2024 ski season. Telski officials made the announcement on Monday, crediting cold temperatures, natural snowfall, and the resort snowmaking team with the ability to open this week. According to Telski, opening day will include Chair 4 and the Chandala with wall-to-wall coverage on Village Bypass to Lower Boomerang, access in and out of Grano, Upper Misty Maiden, the Meadows, both Magic Carpets, and ski-out access from the Village Parking Garage via Double Cabins. Grano Ranch, Ski School, and Cubs Camp will also open on the 2nd. All access to the mountain remains closed until opening day. Telski notes that includes hiking, skiing, uphill skinning, and sledding. Telluride will get a new mayor and town council on Tuesday. In this installment of G is for Government, council member Geneva Shawnette shares what to expect. Hey Geneva, thanks for being in the studio for another installment of G is for Government. Oh, it's so great to be back in the studio looking at all the snow on the mountain and going to get to maybe go skiing this weekend. Woohoo! Yes. Um, Telluride Town Council is back on Tuesday and y'all are getting a new mayor and town council. What's coming up? Yeah, tomorrow is our first council meeting with our newly elected council members and new mayor. Um, we're going to start the day with... Uh, uh, swearing in of the new mayor and council persons, um, the new mayor Teddy Erico and council, council persons Ellen Eleven and Ashley Story, uh, followed by last but not least town meeting moderator Dan Zemke. So everybody who ran in a local town council election in November is getting sworn in and beginning their four-year terms. Perfect. And then you uh, go through the process of kind of divvying up different boards and commissions. Can you talk a little bit about what that process is and then what does that mean for the community, for these boards and commissions and for council members who are on them? Yeah, it's a great question. It's kind of, we get in a little bit in the weeds with the administrative stuff on this meeting, but um, we're going from a six person council with a mayoral vacancy to a fully um, fleshed out team of seven. Uh, And 
on town council, we all uh, participate on other separate boards and commissions. Some of them are under the town of Telluride umbrella, like we have an open space commission and we have the Parks and Rec Commission and the Planning and Zoning Commission and all these different sort of departmental um, organizations that work within the town of Telluride to help take care of the community and uh, use the government to our, hopefully, all of our benefits. Um, but then there's also some boards and commissions that are, exist outside of the town of Telluride. So uh, intergovernmental um, agencies like SMART is an example of that. Other organizations where we need a representative from town council to represent the town on a board that that has representatives from many other organizations. So now that we're going from a team of six to a team of seven, we're going to probably do some reshuffling uh, and see what kind of boards, commissions, and committees uh, our new council members want to be a part of um, and the new mayor, as well as which you know organizations or projects that some of us who've, who are remaining on council are going to hang on to and keep, um, keep attending. And then what... What's going on in the afternoon for town council? Uh, we have a work session in the afternoon at about 1.15 after a lengthy um, section of presentations and proclamations and announcements. Um, we are going to be hearing from Chad Horning from Telluride Ski and Golf uh, with their seasonal update. Uh, then we are going to do first reading of an ordinance to change um, the town's water and wastewater billing from bi-monthly to monthly. Um, that was a great suggestion that was brought to us by a community member, and it made sense. So we're going to vote on that. Um, we are also going to be discussing the Shandoka F building remodel. Um, this is a project that has been sort of in the works through the discovery process for the last year or two now. Um, we've had a lot of maintenance and plumbing issues at that building, um, and so sort of have been moving around uh, families and households that have been living in that. And there's a couple buildings there into either other units in Sunnyside or Shandoka and doing some demolition in there to see how bad uh, the maintenance issues and the plumbing issues are. And we're going to be presented with um, an opportunity to move forward with a remodel project for those uh, just to sort of nip in the bud those um, maintenance issues that have been really plaguing us. And we actually also have an opportunity to add a couple studio units onto this building with this remodel. Um, but I imagine a lot of Tuesday's meeting is going to be s around uh, integrating our new council people into the flow, um, talking about adopting Robert's Rules of Order, which sort of governs how we conduct meetings in our government process with the town of Telluride. And uh, you know, figuring out what next year is going to look like for our roles and responsibilities as we serve on council. Perfect. Well, Geneva, we will see you in person on Zoom or on the airwaves for Tuesday's meeting. And thanks for taking a couple minutes to chat. Absolutely. See you tomorrow. The town of Telluride is checking compliance on deed-restricted homeowners. Per the Telluride Affordable Housing Guidelines, the SMRHA administers compliance checks. That's Courtney McElhaney, San Miguel Regional Housing Authority, or SMRHA, manager. The compliance check is for all deed-restricted property owners 
And it is just a way for us at SMRHA and the town of Telluride to make sure that those who are meant to be in affordable housing, deed-restricted housing, are the people that we want in there, the local workforce. We want to make sure that you're working locally. Um, There are other guidelines that owners are subject to, such as property ownership limitations, net asset limitations, uh, you know, the percentage of income that's made within the Telluride R1 school district. And so we're just checking on those things um, every other year. The compliance checks typically happen biannually. However, the last check took place in 2020. Telluride recently updated its affordable housing guidelines and decided to wait until those were updated to conduct the check. For owners, the biggest change is that the radius with with it for property ownership has expanded. So um, there's prohibition on um, owning other property in the four county region. It used to be the Telluride R1 school district. So during that part of the compliance form, if you own other property um, that could potentially impact um, you as an owner. And then for renters and deed restricted properties, the amount of hours worked within the year has increased from 1,000 to 1,400. So I would say those are the two changes that will most impact. But McElhaney adds homeowners who have challenges can ask for an exception. In most cases, owners can go through what we call an exception process, and they can go before the Telluride Housing Authority subcommittee and, you know, say that they own this property prior to the, um, you know, the rules being changed and um, that they can work with the subcommittee on how on those implements. So we always want to work with owners. We always tell owners to come speak with us about their personal circumstance. There are always cases that we want to work with you. It's always better to just let us know, come in, talk to us, and we'll walk you through step by, the step-by-step process of what you need to do to get back into compliance. Homeowners can fill out the form online this year and submit a number of documents to prove compliance. Some of those materials include an employment verification form that does require a uh, signature and notary from their employer. So we're encouraging owners to reach out to your employers as soon as you can within the compliance period because they will have to go down to the bank or the library and get that notary. And so reaching out to your employers, letting them know it's coming, that's probably the biggest um, item that they're going to need. And then in addition to employment verifications, we have, um, we're requesting items like the 2022 taxes, W-2s, things like that. Uh, For self-employed individuals, they will be required to submit time logs, invoices, and so we just encourage them to read those instructions at the top of the form. The deed-restricted homeowner compliance check forms will go live at 8 a.m. on Wednesday, November 29th at smrha.org. Forms will be due back by Wednesday, December 21st. Mary Ann Crow has won the 26th annual Fisher Prize for her poem, Missing Daughters of Chicagoa. The Telluride Institute's Talking Gourds Poetry Program, which awards the Fisher Prize, announced Crow's win on Monday. The competition this year was judged by Boulder poet Deborah Kelly. In a news release, Kelly notes she chose the poem because it, quote, explores an unusual set of experiences and relationships while raising questions. Adding, quote, the poem brings us to the times and places by way of detail, the tone amplified by newsmaking events and intimate memories. The poem gives us cause to care. 
Talking Gourds also highlighted Fisher Prize finalist Partridge Boswell for his poem, Ode to a Bee on the Small of Your Back. Of that poem, Kelly praised Boswell for, quote, the care with which the poet chooses observations, chooses every word, and the deliberate structure of the verse. Poems are available to read at telluridinstitute.org slash talking dash gourds. Tis the season to be shopping, and the Telluride Arts Holiday Bazaar has you covered. The Arts Bazaar is a local tradition hosted by the Telluride Arts District in collaboration with the AHA School for the Arts. The event features handmade crafts, artisan jewelry, organic body products, gourmet food, ceramics, clothing, and more from artists and artisans around the region. The Arts Holiday Bazaar will take place December 1st, 2nd, and 3rd at the AHA School for the Arts, 4 to 7 p.m. on Friday, 11 a.m. to 7 p.m. on Saturday, and 11 a.m. to 5 p.m. on Sunday. Some Colorado families will be eligible for new food assistance next summer. KOTO's Lucas Brady Woods reports state lawmakers opted into a new federal program during its recent special legislative session. The Summer Electronic Benefit Transfer, or Summer EBT program, provides low-income families with a benefit card that can be used to buy groceries. It offers $40 per child for each summer month. Representative Shannon Bird says the program is a way to fill nutrition gaps for kids when they're out of school. When children living in food insecure environments are in school, they are able to take advantage of free breakfasts and lunches that are offered in their public schools. A significant challenge arises, however, in the summer months. Families have to sign up for the program by January 1st to be eligible for benefits next summer. The bill sponsors predict it could help around 300,000 Colorado kids. I'm Lucas Brady-Woods at the State Capitol. The start of the ski season is here and many are preparing their equipment for the slopes. But some add more than a fresh coat of wax. For Rocky Mountain Community Radio, Aspen Public Radio's Kaya Williams has more on one preseason tradition at St. Mary's Catholic Church in Aspen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. In some Catholic communities, a priest might bless farm equipment or fishing boats. But in Aspen, where the main industry is recreation and hospitality, it's skis that get a good dousing of holy water. Because, you know, what we do during the week is not disconnected from what we do here on Sunday. Father Joe Grady blessed parishioner skis in a common room at the church. He invoked St. Bernard patron saint of skiers, snowboarders, and mountaineers. Bless, O Lord, we pray these skis, that all who use them in traversing mountains, heights, and precipices, in powder and in snow, in blizzard and in tempest, may be preserved from all danger and catastrophe, traveling without harm on their journey, and returning safely to their homes. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. The blessing is also a chance to pray for lots of snow. From the Eblis Neeson Arts and Culture Desk, I'm Kaya Williams. The National Weather Service forecast for the western San Juans calls for clear skies tonight with a low around 15 degrees. Tuesday should be sunny during the day and partly cloudy at night. The high is around 40 degrees with a low near 20. Wednesday, expect mostly sunny skies with a high near 40 degrees. Wednesday night, there's a 40% chance of snow showers with mostly cloudy skies and a low near 20. This has been the news for Monday, November 27th. 
Thanks for listening. If you have a story idea or a news tip, call the news team at 970-728-3206. And now, a personal commentary. Hello, Kodo listeners. This is Chris Dixon with the Peter Ingalls Avalanche Education Fund, here to tell you all about the events and programming that the Pi Fund has in store for this winter in Telluride. For those who don't know, the Pi Fund is a nonprofit program set up under the Telluride Mountain Club in honor of Peter Ingalls, longtime Telluride ski patroller and search and rescue volunteer. The mission of the Pi Fund is to create opportunities for avalanche education and backcountry user awareness. And we do this by providing avalanche education scholarships and by hosting free educational public events throughout the winter season in Telluride. Folks, the scholarship application is now open. If you or someone you know is in need of some avalanche education but is having a hard time affording it, then check out our scholarships. We provide scholarships to folks within San Miguel, San Juan, Ure, Dolores, or Montrose counties for avalanche courses of their choosing. This year, we're excited to be giving away more money than we ever have before, and we are accepting applications on a rolling basis until we run out of funds. So take advantage of this awesome opportunity and get the education you need to stay safe in the backcountry this winter. For more information and to apply, visit the Telluride Mountain Club website and click on the Pi Avi Fund tab. And while you're there, check out our events calendar. Our first event of the season, well, it's coming right up. We're hosting a Know Before You Go presentation at the Wilkinson Public Library in Telluride on Thursday, December 7th at 6 p.m. Know Before You Go is a free avalanche awareness program. In about an hour, you will see the destructive power of avalanches, understand when and why they happen, and how you can have fun in the mountains and avoid them. Come check it out. And then on Friday, December 8th at 6 p.m., we're hosting the local Stoke Ski Movie Night at the Telluride Arts HQ on Main Street. We're featuring short films from local athletes and filmmakers to build the stoke and to bring the snow. This is a free event, but last year it was packed, so make sure to come early to secure a seat. Lastly, the Pi Fund is excited to once again host our annual Backcountry Chat Series in partnership with the Wilkinson Public Library. Once a month, we bring the Backcountry community together for an evening of free educational programming, starting in December and ending in March. The first Backcountry Chat of the year is on December 14th, Thursday at 6 p.m. at the library, and it will feature a presentation from our new but familiar CIC regional avalanche forecaster, Jeff Davis, as well as the debut of our updated Backcountry radio program and the new radio channels we recommend when out in our local mountains. So come check it out. For more information on the Pi Fund and to donate to support our cause, visit TellurideMountainClub.org and click on the tab for the Pi Avi Fund. Thanks, Kodo. And think snow. Opinions broadcast over KOTO are those of the speakers. You're also invited to express your views after the news or on access each weekday at around 4 p.m. If you would like to comment, please contact a staff person here at KOTO. We encourage you to speak out on important public issues.